Hello, Red Spotters. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kyle, and welcome to our Comic-Con special, question mark. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, Marvel Phase 4, um, some Avengers Endgame news, and also we're going to get into uh, some Circle of Life kind of things with The Lion King. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Red Spotter Entertainment, and with me on the panel, I have Alexis Soto. How are you doing today, Alexis? I'm doing terrible. Oh wow! Okay, why are you so terrible? What's what's I, what's going on, buddy? I, I don't know. Also on the show is Peter. Peter, how you doing? I'm alive. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to announce that uh, that Avengers Endgame beat Avatar and the global box office with two point seven hundred and ninety billion dollars beating avatar by only a million dollars uh and it'll be funny if later on this year james cameron comes in and re-releases the film and just to just to beat those numbers um let's get into some phase four stuff guys wait are we only gonna cover the marvel stuff at comic-con or what else was there I don't know. There was trailers. There was and nothing shit. else. I mean, okay. There's Halloween kills and Hollywood Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the announcement of the two sequels to Halloween from 2018. Are we coming back to back years? I'll tell you what. While while we talk about the Marvel stuff, I'll look up some sh- shit and I'll say it. And if it's worth talking about, we can there was talk literally about it. nothing else. Maybe there was a Dark Crystal stuff. Maybe I, there was. An, it was a pretty honestly. This was the most boring Comic Con like ever. Well, was, like every studio didn't want to go. <laughs> Which I, at the end of the day, I think is kind of weird. I think they're afraid of Marvel, but as we're going to get into it right now, I don't. They won by default. Let's just be real. Yeah, I I think they other studios could have competed. Honestly, I don't know why they didn't. Since we're going to have like very limited things to say about uh, the TV realm, I'm going to get into the TV realm first. Uh, first of all, uh, it was announced that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is officially coming in 2020. There's also going to be WandaVision coming out in 2021. I really hate that name. <laughs> okay, do tell. It just sounds so funny, WandaVision. WandaVision. And then there's going to be Loki in 2021. Uh, and with, I might add, the worst logo of all of them uh they're all terrible they're- let's just be honest i kept seeing this um there were 10 announcements uh six oh, i think maybe four of them were actually um tv shows and i think that the logos for every single one of those tv shows is trash so there's also uh the first uh animated uh release that's going to come out with uh what if Going into what if scenarios and all that good shit. What if is coming out uh, twenty twenty one, and then Hawkeye is uh, is uh, also re- uh, announced, and that's going to come out in twenty twenty one. Any any thoughts or qualms about about those? Or I don't care about anything that involves Disney Plus, and I think you can spread that pretty much universally when it comes to any program or any kind of actor that's associated or any project really with Disney plus Disney plus is proving to be a cesspool full of nothingness and vapidness and absolute garbage and hot trash proving Peter Martinez, right? Once again, uh, once again, I apologize 
to him for uh, and Kyle, you should, too, for opposing him in the very beginning and uh, thinking that Disney Plus was actually going to bring about any kind of uh, meaning. This is a terrible, terrible slate. Um, these are shows that may be okay, may be fun. I might check out. It's not mandatory viewing by any means. And quite frankly, I don't give a shit. That was, I feel that was very well said and very concise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll say what I feel. Um, I'll, I'll run down the gambit of them all. Um, Loki, I think is the one I care the least about because I feel like I've seen everything I need to see with Loki. Uh-huh. As a whole, like I don't. But really it's think a there's... different Loki. Get it? This is a different. Oh, Loki. it's 2014 Loki. Um, <laughs> 2012 uh, Loki. Oh, 2012. Sorry, I kind of feel like I've seen <laughs> everything I need to see with Loki. Uh, so I kind of don't care about that one. Um, Sam Wilson and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very interested in the costume because I really like the 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 Cap Falcon. Captain America in the comic design. I think it looks real cool with like the wings while he holds the shield. That's kind of it. Like I've both of those characters are just kind of there. I I, I don't know. I've never had an affinity for them. Um Wanda might be the closest to being interesting cuz they can do some weird interesting shit like that, but again, I don't care. And Hawkeye, I really don't care. I think Hawkeye should have died in Endgame. <laughs> um but yeah, overall, I'm I'm not the biggest television guy, and when it, you can tell they're getting the characters that don't need a film to make television series, and I feel like if they're not worthy of the film, they're probably not worthy of a television series either. I don't know. So, are you saying that uh, that Alexis Soto is correct in the in the notion that this is a cesspool of uh, and a waste? I said a uh, cesspool of nothingness and waste. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would say I can't imagine loving any of these shows i don't know especially because all of them have the stench of um oh yeah needless and unnecessary yeah i feel like all of them are just gonna feel like a basic marvel film stretched out for eight hours and we've already got plenty of that coming our way so yeah there's there's enough marvel i don't know i don't know we'll see but i'm not i'm definitely not excited I'm more excited for like the freaking Ghost Rider show that they're going to do. Which we should add just to the distinction because most podcasts would not know the difference. That will not be a show that's produced by Marvel Studios. It'll be produced by Marvel Entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, which is Jeff Loeb. Yeah. Oh, so it'll probably won't even get a budget. Oh, well. <laughs> well, this is Hulu, not Netflix. So there may be a little bit chance here. And it will have, I believe, uh, Gabriel Luna. And mm-hmm. it is the exact same Robbie Reyes that was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that will be on this Ghost Rider TV show. So if that that's one I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. whenever it drops. Yeah. Also, it's the first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, spinoff. That actually right. gets off the ground because all the other ones have just really whoa, just whoa, crashed whoa, whoa, whoa. and burned. In humans? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Wait, did that really get off the ground? It was dead on arrival. Well, it what lasted is this? a season. <laughs> what is this in humans you speak of? Um, anyway, speaking of 
uh, things that should or shouldn't have died in uh, Endgame, let's talk about the first uh, film that's in the Marvel Phase 4 slate, which is Black Widow. Let's not relitigate that. We, we, we all know how we feel about the decision. Um, this movie, it, interestingly enough, in terms of how it was presented, there really wasn't much there there, you know? Like, I, I felt like it, it kind of became an afterthought in its own presentation. Maybe they were leading yeah. up to it as like a finale, but it, it, it really didn't have much to offer. I would have thought they would have had like a trailer or something. They did, but they didn't release it. Okay. So there's that. Which, But there's no buzz for it either. Yeah, there really isn't. Um. Again, I think there's a good director. Uh, I love Scarlett Johansson. I love that character. It's taking place. It was confirmed post Civil War. Um, and there's good actors other than Scarlett Johansson in there. And I mean, there's it, David, David Harbour, Harbour. And they confirmed Rachel that thing, Wise, based on the description, it is going to uh, deal with the organization that we got glimpses of in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Um, what organization? The 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 one that birthed her. Oh, okay. So that's, and they have Taskmaster, right? But I don't like his costume. I think I've seen glimpses of it and it looks stupid. I don't know. This feels like another Captain. Says Marvel the guy to me. that wants more stupid comic book costumes on these. No, movies. that's what I mean. They didn't go all the way. Oh, okay. Sorry, you weren't clear about that. So yeah, like, okay. Because he's basically has a creepy hood and like he has a skull mask. And in this one, again, they have to turn everything like robotic and machinery, and it's like oh. Just let some of it be goofy masks, you know? I mean, I'm hopeful. Um, it, it's a good film. I like that it's more or less going to be a standalone film and it's not going to be reliant on, like, building up to anything else. So, mm-hmm. look, we're here for individual films going forward. I mean, the big takeaway for me is while there are some good individual projects in terms of the films that I'm excited and interested in, as far as the cinematic universe going forward, I, I don't really care as much or at all anymore. So if this movie can be good, good and if not well okay we'll move on i I, i'm not excited for this movie by any means it it's it definitely feels like tepid tepidness around it but we'll see when we get closer and closer to it 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 feels very basic it feels basic but it also unfortunately just feels too little too late this is a movie if if in fact it's true if it's happening post uh civil war okay why didn't you just do this after civil war yeah, it's because they didn't want to pull the plug. Marvel actually, like, not to, like, just attack Marvel for this, because all movie studios have this issue, but they're really bad when it comes to, like, quote-unquote representation. Oh, yeah. Like, Which should, Iron... we should be clear, though, that got better with yesterday's announcements. There's a lot of diversity. Yeah, that's uh, too little too late. Um wait until you make the biggest film of all time and then you're like uh maybe now that they can deal with representation Mm -hmm. maybe a gay character can exist now that we have all the money in the world uh fuck off um like in iron man 3 like the what's her name the the female uh, rebecca hall rebecca hall she was supposed to be the main villain yeah and they said marvel said no because you, you know she couldn't sell toys. No, it was she Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter was the one that said you can't mm-hmm. do that because a, a, a girl can't sell toys. To yeah, be but clear there's about been that. other instances where they're just like, it has to be. 
Yeah, I'm not excusing them. I, mm-hmm. I think you're right. For the most part, look, every studio is victim of this, and diversity is a very important thing. Well, DC. But that doesn't mean that the, the announcements that we're seeing here weren't diverse. And maybe too little too late, but I don't think it's too late. I think it, finally do it. Don't I I mean, I, mean, nah, we, I mean, I'm just annoyed at this point. Like I mean we you introduced tell me wait, for so years. you're 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 annoyed that there were diverse people that were cast? I'm annoyed that they virtue signal for years and years and years without actually doing anything. Uh-huh. And now I'm supposed to clap along that they're actually doing something. Like Okay, you're saying that now they're doing the bare minimum, and I'm not impressed by them doing yeah, that. Yeah, because but they've been bragging. But they're still cast people for, and, and these were, a lot of women were on that stage, a lot of women of mm-hmm. color were on that stage. It was a very good thing. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but like, they've been they've been trying, and t- Disney as a whole has done this, trying to claim, oh, look, w- look at this character's representation, look at this character's representation, and it's not. It's just not. And mm-hmm. then now, finally, when they do the bare minimum, I'm supposed to clap along because look at this multi-million dollar company was able to acknowledge that gay people exist. How brave of you. It's kind of like the equivalent of like queer baiting or is queer baiting. It's, it's, you know? it, like, it's exactly what baiting. it is. Uh, and you can even argue to an extent that still happened when Tessa Thompson announced certain things. But to, to be clear, I know what you were in, what you were saying, Peter. I just wanted to make sure that it was brought out because sometimes you're not very clear. Oh, was I not it, being clear? It, it came off. I obviously think it's a good thing. I just yeah, think okay. it's. It didn't come across the way to me the way you were it's, saying. Oh, okay. But that's why so I wanted I feel- to make. I, I got it, but I could see where Alexis is coming from. I, I I definitely feel like, you know, like the all of a sudden thing is a little hollow. Uh, and, and that goes for the entire Disney company uh, as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they've got been, a lot I think of they've problems. been really bad in the last decade, I think, when it comes to this. Like, last for example, five years like, specifically. Like LeFou, they were like, oh, he's the first openly gay uh, character in Beauty and the Beast. And that was such a nothing thing. Do they not know what the word openly means? Like, <laughs> I, like just because yeah. you showed one scene of him dancing with a guy and being intrigued. That, and that, it was played that, for laughs. Like, uh, uh, We also have to, yeah, that, that wasn't a very good look either. But in that ins- instance, I believe the media really blew it out of proportion. Yes, there was a Disney executive that was interviewed and said that it would feature our first openly gay character. That was a mistake to do that. Um, because if you, if you really do nothing with that exclusively openly gay character, then it's on you for how, for how bad it was. But let's not be like, let's be clear. The media really like blew that over proportion. Let's say, Oh my God, the first gay character. You don't think Disney is like they've learned the art of media. Have you don't they? think? Oh. Yeah. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? There are a lot of mistakes that they make. The, I'm not oh. saying that they're bad. Oh. But there's a they lot made, of mistakes. They've they made make. one major one, but other than that, they have the media. That James Gunn thing wasn't little, a mistake. That was that's a pretty what bad I said, look. That they've made one major one, but other than that, they have the media wrapped around their little fingers. I'm sorry. I'm not they, saying they, they don't, but I'm not like saying that they're perfect. Everything they, they make say mistakes is incredibly too. strategic. I'll put it that way. I agree with you, but that doesn't mean that they're not prone to accidents every now and then. I don't think this was an accident. I think it was strategic. I thought that was an accident, but that's a difference of opinion. 
I'm excited for the talent that's on there. Rachel Wise, she's a great actress. Yeah, but again, uh, and I want to say David, this. Is, Peter told this to me the other day that talent only goes so far. I know that you two have been won over by the talent, quote unquote, that they've been uh, recruited for The Mandalorian. I could give a shit, really, about The Mandalorian and whoever they bring on. So there's an example of a lot of great talent that I just don't give a shit about that TV show. So I mean, like I look at back at like a lot of like Marvel films, like Doctor Strange had an incredible cast, and they wasted it. Was, it. You you can go down the list how many actors were wasted, and and all I mean Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. Rachel McAdams, and then Michael Stuhlbarg was wasted. Chiwetel four was wasted. Ant Man two Mads had Mikkelsen. more. Mads Mikkelsen was wasted. Mads Mikkelsen was completely wasted. Uh, Ant Man two had freaking Morpheus, oh and they did nothing with him. <laughs> Randall Park gone. Uh, were you talking about uh, what, what was his name? Um, Je- uh, damn it, what Lawrence was his Fishburne. name? Ra- List yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, Fishburne. I said Morpheus. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer was barely in the movie. <laughs> And you, I mean, like you got a lot of talent that's just wasted. I mean, uh, what was it? Judy Greer, Bobby Cannavale. Yeah. Why get these great actors if you waste them? That was that. That has been one of it my. Looks good on a poster. Yeah, it does. Well, clout. That's by and large. That's what it is. Clout. I mean, we look at the talent in Black Widow. I mean, like we have like basically nobody's behind the scenes. Kate Shortland, she's done next to nothing. Jack. Uh, Jacques Schaefer, she's done next to nothing. And then Ned It's Benson. interesting because I feel like you're describing the people who made Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, done next to nothing. Let me be real about that. And, and it's a larger issue for Disney because this also happened, I think, with uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, like Tandy Newton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely wasted. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really like, Gung ho about this, um, as you could tell, uh, Alexis and Peter aren't either. So, yeah. Anyway, there's another film coming coming out called The Eternals. Uh, I'm a little bit more positive than I think Peter will be on this one. I'm hopeful for this one because a lot of people look. So every now and most of the time, I admit Marvel gets some directors, they pluck them out of it, they get some name recognition. And then they do a, a standard by the numbers superhero film. Can that absolutely happen with this situation? I, I grant you that can't happen again. But Chloe Zhao, a uh, female director of color who has been her film, the writer has been given a lot of praise. Sometimes that works. Sometimes that happens when you translate into a bigger thing. Black, I think Black Panther is an example of where I don't think it ended up working out. Um, not because maybe Ryan Cooler couldn't handle it, but overall, that may have been where the studio got too much in the way or something about the story. But look, at the end of the day, I think it's a great cast. Again, like we said, okay, so good actors. Um, I don't know anything about the Eternals. Um, it's an um, interesting concept. Hold on a minute. You can tell me about what they are. I think they're like celestials, I think, kind of in a way, as they were mentioned. Yeah. It's interesting. And I'll be there. Um, and I'm hopeful in this director. Here's hoping. I mean, but it what Peter is about to say could probably also happen too. So it it sounds like it could possibly go weird. I mean, the Eternals are an immoral race that you know they 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 were created by the Celestials. You know, uh, tying back to Guardians Volume Two. Um, but the only and, and, and this is one of the things I don't want to cut you off, but I I think I made this point with Peter the other on, on some other show. It seems as if Kevin Feige only lets certain people go weird. 
he only lets certain directors go in, in certain areas. Like when it comes to maybe Tycho or James Gunn, but there are some other directors that are legitimately good in their own right that they seem to be kind of stranglehold in terms of how far they can go with the material. I think we're all of the mind where we're at, at a post end game MCU hit whatever you have against the wall. Just throw whatever you have. Go weird. Go for it. No more half measures. No more stale. Same movie again and again. Go weird with it. Go weird with Eternals. Go weird with Doctor Strange, especially go weird with Thor. Don't pull back anymore. I'm excited for a lot of these movies, but at the end of the day, while I'm excited for them, there is this reservation in the back of my mind thinking, wait, we've been down this road before, and to be fair, a lot of the recent Marvel films I've been coming less and less hot on. I loved Infinity War and Endgame, but then again, I'll take whatever but crap the Russos fair. have. To be fair, I feel like a lot of the um a lot of like what Kevin Feige's energy went to was instead of focusing on these like like Ant-Man and the Wasp or Captain Marvel or anything excuse. like that. That like, shouldn't be an excuse though. That all went to Endgame and Infinity War. That's not an excuse. The fact that then, the, then the, don't make that many then don't films. Ma- yeah, don't make that many films. The fact that the fact that um especially Black Panther's visual effects came at a detriment because all the money went to Infinity War. That shouldn't have happened. That's an embarrassment. You can't let that happen, among many other things. You are the executive producer of this of the cinematic universe. You can't make the excuse that, oh, I'm focusing on these two things. The other ones, forget about. That's like Steven Spielberg like having all of his attention on the post, but not giving a shit about Ready Player One. Don't make those movies if you're not going to have your attention to it. You're not going to care about it. That's the whole point here. Kevin Feige... To his credit, by this time in two weeks, we'll have amassed three films that have made a billion dollars each with home cut with uh, Far From Home, Captain Marvel, and Endgame. And he's made the this year the biggest grossing movie of all time. That's an accomplishment. Good. You have all the muster, you have all the all, all the money. I'm hoping with these titles, especially with Strange, especially with Thor, that they can actually go and run with it this time instead of pulling back instead of just being mediocre and being the exact same thing we have look phase three the last few films of phase three were especially disappointing to me and i i I don't know how many more of these i can handle look i'll i'll go to all these movies but they shouldn't have been i think mishandled that way do you think they're do you think they're possibly worried of like pulling from the trust of a uh, of the common viewer? No, they have them hypnotized like nobody ever has. I know, but as soon as they go weird or different with it, I mean, look at Oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the that's when everyone always asks about the Marvel formula. The Marvel formula is shooting for the middle. As as far as quality-wise goes, there'll be some that you'll Kevin Feige will uh, trust the director enough to let them go do what they and want. do their own thing but for the most part it's shooting for the middle make, making sure that it's bare minimum an okay film but when you do that more often than not it never rises above that either um and which again kind of... goes back to the Disney template of they make movies that are made for everyone, which is why they're the most successful films right now. 
Yeah. I mean, if I can talk about the Eternals, um, my biggest fear is that it's just like Guardians Light. Yeah. Basically. Like Guardians with sucked out a lot of the soul. I actually don't want them to go like humorous so much. Uh, I want them to find their own tone, maybe a more serious tone. Definitely do trippy, weird shit with it. But um, Eternals, it sounds more grand, you know. Um, I don't want it. I don't want it to. My biggest fear is that it's discount Guardians. That's my biggest fear. And I really hope it's not that. Like, especially like, when you get someone like Angelina Jolie, she has a really commanding presence. By the way, starring Angelina Jolie, she gets yes. top billing in this. It's a big deal that she is part of this movie. And by the way, great casting all around. Salma Hayek. Richard uh, Madden. Kumail Nagiani. I mean, a diverse cast also there, too. I mean, great actors. Um, here's hoping, you know? Oh, God. I hope... Uh, what? I'm just thinking... They probably made Rachel Weiss Taskmaster. You mean like the real Taskmaster? Taskmaster? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the real Taskmaster. Yeah. I'm just thinking oh, they God. probably did something like or like she's the actual villain. I don't know. Go ahead, go on. Um uh, so final thoughts on Eternals. Uh when I hear the name Eternals, I feel like, you know, it's like something like of a sci-fi uh, epic. Yeah, like, I think it feels more grandiose. The, yeah. the potential is absolutely there. It's up to Marvel to actually do it. Like it feels like a sophisticated sci-fi, like Blade Runner or something like yeah. that. And I and I hope I get I I hope I get that. I mean, the hope is you've gotten enough goodwill, you've made enough money to where you can go ahead and take these chances. My biggest fear with Phase Four. Well, at the same time, saying that overall, I was happy with some of the a lot of the announcements. My biggest fear is there's going to be a huge disparity in quality between Phase Four and the other phases, and that could be from me not giving a shit. And maybe they're making the but the thing is, they're at the point they're 23 movies in. You can't make the exact same movie again and again and again. Here, here's the thing. Um, right now, I'm I mean, my they f- can. They just made three billion. <laughs> I'm keeping my fear uh, four, four uh, stabilized. Four stabilized. Uh, Which, by because- the way, hold on a minute. That, ironically enough, that's how much money Disney paid to uh, to buy the company four billion dollars, I think. <laughs> and they made that all in one year <laughs> with three movies. I'm, I'm keeping my fear stabilized until I see a trailer. When I see a trailer and it's looking like it's going to be uh, the same shit that we got, then yeah, that's when I'll start pressing the fear button. But right now, my st- my fear is stabilized. Lately, the trailers have been, I think, more spot on in terms of like what the movie is going to end up being. Uh, not necessarily for the best. Um and a lot of the trailers that we got in the past year. Um, Kyle, I want to know what you think of Shang-Chi. Or and Shang-Chi. The legend, and the legend of the Ten Rings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you specifically asking Kyle what he thinks of because Shang-Chi? Because here's, here's I, my I, answer. I know, I know why. Because I know, of the Mandarin. Alexis, Alexis, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. Okay. I, I know. Um, I, I think... <laughs> Why couldn't have they done this character while Iron Man was still alive? Wait, are you more concerned about the Mandarin? 
Oh my god. Go back and listen to the Iron Man 3 audio <laughs> yeah, commentary. Yeah, no. The Mandarin was like pretty much every other minute. Like again, for the record, for people listening, Peter and I are kind of Iron Man 3 apologists. Uh yeah, I really not. like the movie. Kyle doesn't. I, <laughs> I'm not. Like cause, I like it. I do like it. Because here's the thing. You hire somebody like Ben Kingsley to pay, play the quote-unquote Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Brilliant casting. The way that he presented himself. The way that he was... You know what I will say? I like the idea of the Mandarin being like a terrorist. Like mystical And not thing. being this yeah. like... Um... And that's where... And that were in right there was like I was like oh my god this is so good and it's Ben Kingsley fucking shit and then you have a guy like Guy Pierce you know as your fucking Mandarin for the movie and I'm like what the, dude, get out of here uh, and I yeah exactly yeah. I and that's where I was like uh, it completely threw me off and I've never forgiven the movie ever since it would have worked a lot better if Rebecca Hall were the villain. Easily right there, but and like if you, she you, was if she was revealed to be the Mandarin, she has a more personal connection with uh, Tony Stark yeah. first of all, um, and that would have been actually a good little twist. And it seemed as if if you look at the movie again, it seemed as if they were going in that direction. But Ike Perlmutter uh, retconned that entire decision because of toys. I will say though, just to be clear, um, and I know this is a sensitive issue uh, for the Asian community because based on the interviews that I've conducted, uh, especially with Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is an Asian Indian. Uh, a lot of uh, Asians that are not Asian Indian um, are probably happier that there is uh, a person who is not of, you know, just Asian Indian, but actually Asian and looks like them. But Tony uh, Luang, uh, yes, yes, who yeah. who is playing the Mandarin in this. Uh, by the way, everybody freaked out that he, that actor uh, was playing the Mandarin. I don't know too much about him. What do you guys know about him? I know he's done a lot of foreign films, and I know that he's... Oh. Yes. What? Okay. Can I say something? Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm calling myself out here. What I said was maybe a little racist, because I immediately was like, I told you this, Alexis, I think he's from those Mortal Kombat films. <laughs> I was 100% completely wrong. I don't even know who, His I, name is, who uh, I was thinking about. I don't know why I immediately thought... Tony Lung? Yeah, I his think name? I Tony was, Lung? but it's not even Tony close. Tony Lung's like, way, uh, yeah. Do you know uh, him, Kyle? Do you know where he's what what films he's made? No, he was in Hero, but he had like a small role in Hero. Oh, I like Hero. Hero's really good. Uh, I I have not seen many of his films, uh, admittedly, admittedly enough. Uh, but all I know is, oh, he was a. Uh, I, have you seen a movie called uh, Ip Man or Ip Man? Yes. Okay, he was the. Yes. Uh, he was the Grandmaster. Oh, okay. Um, I, oh, I've seen him then. Anyway, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be the the Mandarin. And the title the title okay. is just to be clear the, the title is Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Yeah, the secret the of secret. the Ten Rings. By the way, no. I like these titles a lot. Just to be clear, they're fun yeah. titles. You know what? I'll say this, and again, I and I told you this. I have a sneaking suspicion that this is gonna be another basic run of the mill Marvel film. This is the way that it goes beyond that. If they commit themselves a hundred percent to showing balls to the wall, amazing martial arts action, I think it will have done its job. And I, I, I'll, I'll say, it's I awesome. agree with like you. The forbidden if it, kingdom. If it doesn't, uh, then I don't care. You could also get weird with this one too. I mean, uh, Shang Chi—he's a character who has a pet monkey. 
Well, I was going to ask you, what exactly, again... <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Are you denying Dora is coming to theaters in just a few oh, weeks? By Dora the, way, the Explorer, guy. that trailer is an abomination and it should not be mentioned again in this podcast. I forbid it. That is a guys, trash trailer. Have you trailer. seen the Dora trailer? Guys, I'm going to I'm gonna be... <laughs> have you seen the... T- <laughs> um... I, for one, am very excited for the for the Dora movie. Uh, it looks stupid as hell, but I'm I'm buying every it. Looks bit of it looks awful. But Danny Trejo is voicing Boots. <laughs> what exactly are Shang Chi's powers? Like, what boots are we dealing with text. here? Are we more like do- on on the ground street level powers, or more like a Doctor Strange out of this world power set here? Uh. I have no. I assumed he's like a martial artist, isn't he? Isn't that Ooh. racist? I don't think there's. No, 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 no. Like I've, I think like from like nerd osmosis and looking at a lot of Marvel shit, I think I've somewhat absorbed his character. Shane, I don't know a lot, could, but I think I, I know some. He could self duplicate, and he's a skilled martial artist. Okay, those are the Boom. two traits that he has. Boom. Um, I don't know. I've always been a Danny Rand guy. Um, <laughs> look where that went. <laughs> I know. Look where that went. Um, so yeah, honest, like I said, all this film has to do in my eyes to succeed is deliver top notch, um, martial arts. Kind of like what you're uh, seeing with Mulan. And when I say top notch, I mean top notch. You're the biggest studio in the freaking world. There's no excuse why it shouldn't rival some of these like smaller foreign film martial arts films that are like amazing. There's no reason they shouldn't rival it. They have all the money in the goddamn world. Although um, there is this sense, um, and I think maybe part of where your fear comes from, Peter, is that it is essentially the token diversity film. Sorry, no disrespect of this phase in a way as if how Black Panther and Captain Marvel got some passes in otherwise mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten passes if there weren't that. Well, you know what was my issue with Black Panther? It's that I felt like you can tell there was an audience just dying for a film like that. And I just kind of wish it was better for them. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it seems like they all loved it. So who cares what I have to say? But I think the same goes for um, Captain Marvel. Asian. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Captain Marvel, too. But Asian audiences um, in, in the United States specifically, um, like they Asians, I think, are the most underrepresented one percent um, minority Amen. in film. One percent of all leading actors are Asian-Americans. Asian men specifically yeah. get ooh they get they get a they get it really bad. Um, they're either comedy, like what's it comedy relief or nothing. Like it's, it's a lot pr- of time a lot of time overtly <laughs> like, racist. Oh, we should make it overtly yeah, racist overtly comedy racist. relief. Let's be clear about that. Like mm-hmm. Ken Lung. Yeah, like yeah. At, at the end of the day, I think they deserve like a really awesome film. Uh huh. And I just hope they get it, you know? Yeah. To be fair, they love Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. And again, I I feel like when you're starved, any food tastes good. (laughs) Um, I'll put it that way. (laughs) I saw it. It Um, And it's like, no, even though they're starved, they still deserve a a four court, four, four star meal. Um, Okay. Yeah. 
I'm 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 looking forward to this one. It looks like they could do a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, it was revealed uh, that the film will be shot in Australia, which is a, the Asian continent of the world. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I think that's a good thing. I mean, anything to get them out of the damn blue screen. Um, also, <laughs> I think there'll be, there's, there's going to be a lot of blue screen. Yeah, I, I know. But like, I mean, I'm just great. Go on location more. They really should. It's ridiculous how so many things are really just lazy VFX. I mean, they look great, but they shouldn't be that entire hanger sequence where, um, uh, Ant-Man is like transforming from a baby to an old man in Avengers Endgame. All that it was blue just screen. VFX. And I'm like, it was yeah. it. Well, you know, it's the whole- because they have no, they have A-list stars, like 500 of them, and it's impossible to get them all together at the mm. same time. Um, one so it, one point of thing that you might worry about is that it's uh is being a February release. No, not not with Marvel. What do you mean worried about? Why would it be worried about it being February? Because uh, usually it's like a dumping ground. Because you guys, because uh, I know that you guys had like some reception about like uh, uh, Black Panther and uh, and uh, Captain Marvel, and those were like February March releases. But th- I mean, I'm sorry, but to, to answer your question, those movies proved that's bullshit. Those movies earned a billion dollars each. Yeah, it does. I don't think it means anything. Oh no, I'm not talking about like financially. I'm talking about like quality. Even then, I'm not sure eh. the release date has any bearing in terms of the quality of the movie. That's not what this is. I mean, if Peter, if they're gonna go all the way with this, and it'll be it'll be great. I just don't want them to rest on their laurels. Like it seemed to me, they've done since 2012. But especially in terms of the track record of Black Panther and Captain Marvel, which at the end of the day, they're films that I enjoy. You know, they're not bad. I'm not angry about Black Panther as I used to be anymore. But they could have been a lot better. And and you know what? I know I'm being controversial with this, and you guys are going to say I'm a negative Nazi. I feel similarly to the Spider-Man films. I think they're really... I enjoy them, but they, they don't stick with me. The MCU Spider-Man um, films. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I understand. And I and I know I'm. you guys feel differently. Uh, and, and I get okay. it. I, I get I it too. I want to be clear about that. I don't hold any. I know sometimes mm-hmm. I get like I'm the person Very that anal. gets angry about all these different things. Yeah. I personally love Homecoming. I probably love Far From Home. Really, the more I think about it. Mm-hmm. But if I kind of know it's not your cup of tea, Peter. So it's like whatever. It's like, but but at well, the same time, though, I agree with a lot of the things you say. Filmmaking. They should be better. I mean, mm-hmm. but. To be fair, yeah. to be fair, I could also see where Peter is coming from. I mean, yeah. you, you and I, uh, Peter, you and I could uh, could agree on this. We grew up with the Raimi Spider-Man films, um, but I also agree there too. I didn't grow up on the Raimi films, but I also uh, y- he unilaterally, yeah. I love them, and I I don't think I would put Far From Home or Homecoming in the same league as Spider-Man One or Two. Not nearly, to be clear. Okay, so I think I think All we're right. in agreement when it comes to that. There's no, they don't touch the Raimi threshold as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know what, you know what it is too. Um, and again, this is definitely a me thing. I'm, I'm so burnt out. I, I think feel. you really are <laughs> more than us. Like I thought I um, was, but I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I loved Endgame. You thought it was so, so I love Far From Home again. So, so, so I think maybe you more than anybody else, but at the same time you loved, mm-hmm. you liked Aquaman. You really love Shazam. Well, see. That's my thing. I'm so burnt out. I think the film has to be different, really special. Yeah, different. 
Just yes. different. It's it's gonna go out <laughs> of its way to do something special yes. or new or extremely exactly. well. If it's if for me to like perk up and be like, oh, I, okay. Look, I, I um, have been known on this podcast for years as the DC hater, as far as the DC EU. Mm-hmm. But look, I really enjoyed Aquaman, and I loved Shazam because they went for the fences. They 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 took risks. I like those movies a lot. They're and they underrated. Guess which film did not make Shazam money. made no money. <laughs> It, it can, I that's because you being, loved it. That's why I made no money. It's being dis- yeah. Peter loved it. That that was the kiss of death right there. Yeah. But like it, there were people that were talking about that Shazam is basically a box office bomb at the domestic uh, level anyway, which is terrible. If it had a Marvel logo, it would have made a billion. That's what makes me so mad. I, to be fair, also uh, the DCEU has garnered a reputation. Yeah, sure. Okay. But hey, these the, yeah. last two, okay. and, and if kinda, you count if you count Wonder Woman in there, that's three good films. But it's kind of nineteen eighty four looks all right. But will it do know. as good as uh, Wonder Woman the original? Uh probably not. It's hard to because s- the first one was a cultural yeah. It, thing. it really, it, as far as the whole Diana thing, just and now uh, I don't know. Now I we're think living it, in a world where Captain Marvel exists now, and. And so, like the the kind of meaning and flavor of that kind of it, kind of, is kind of lost. It just needs to be good. It needs to be good to keep the train rolling. I mm-hmm. loved, I surprisingly that Joker trailer. I don't know about Todd Phillips made that movie. Let's just be real about that. I, I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but if it's great, at the very least, it was shot interestingly, oh, it, which. <laughs> Is basically impossible for Marvel, I feel. Especially since a lot of them look the same as far as the cinematography, boring, stale. um, It's following that old uh, Michael Eisner uh, formula and synergy. Like you like formulaic and and stuff like that. So like, look, Doctor Strange, another one of those Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Love that title. I know Peter said Mm -hmm. that he's not excited because. Can I say no, let me say this. Let me say this with Doctor Strange. They said this is their first scary film. They didn't say horror. They said scary. But, like, but let's the media is in- interpreting that as horror, which, no, it's yeah. not. Uh, I don't know if you should no, interpret it No, because Kevin Feige way. said repeatedly um, after Scott Derrickson, who was coming back to do this movie, he said it was a little, he was, it was the first Marvel scary movie. Kevin Feige said three times, it's PG-13, it's PG-13, it's PG-13. Calm the fuck down. Which, by the way, Okay. Oh, okay. So this is the thing. When when me and Alexis talked about this yesterday, it was yesterday. Um, I said that this Doctor Strange film has the potential, the potential to be my personal favorite um, MCU film ever, just off the premise because it's Doctor Strange. If if they actually allow and go all the way and just go really weird with it, go crazy, and then the fact that it's supposed to have a, a scarier, darker edge. If they can do some really awesome, fun, spooky, scary imagery. I think they said the villain is going to be yes. a nightmare. Yeah. Which, fun. That's so much fun. Again, if they go all the way with it and actually... They're going to utilize Scarlet Witch and her powers. That adds into the weird. With Benedict Wong. Uh, yeah. And I think that's going to yes. be cool. But here's the, here's the thing. Uh, it was kind of... Conf- oh, real quickly. I don't believe they will go all the way with it, though. 
That's why I'm just. I mean, are they with any of these? I think we're going to go back to the exact same thing with all, except one, except one. Thor. We'll talk about it, but go ahead. But here's the point of contention for the both of you. The film will tie directly in with the Disney Plus series WandaVision. It's fine. I don't care about that shit. I mean, I'm not going to. Look, this is how I see it. At the end of the day, for somebody like me, okay, I will say somebody that was a big fan of a show that was billed as the tie-in show, only now that they're tying into these bullshit series that mean nothing, it is a little irritating. At the same time, whatever. It doesn't matter to me if it ties in or not to the Disney Plus shows. They mean nothing mm-hmm. to me. Go ahead and do it. I think it'll be extra for the people who want these tie-ins and references. But th- let's be clear, though. It's not going to... I don't think it's going to be in a way where you're going to be completely lost. A movie is a movie, and you still got to make it a movie. I mean, you can't do something that is entirely uh, out of left field, as if you're as if all these people were watching WandaVision that week, and then you're seeing Doctor Strange 2. It's, I, we'll see how it'll turn out. But like, I, I, I mean, is it going to be like the Darth Maul, like cameo in, in Solo where like so many people don't even know about the animated shows. They wouldn't know Darth Maul is back. Forget the fact that he had no business being in that movie, but that did nothing though. Uh, also, I feel like I'm one of the few people that doesn't give a shit that Wanda's with Doctor Strange. I think it's like, oh, he's magic. Well, She's let me magic explain. Too. Oh, Do you understand why some of us are excited? Yeah. I get it. I just don't care. Why? <laughs> I, because the, like the characters have never really interacted. There's nothing interesting developed between Maybe them. Maybe there it, could it's be just, something interesting developed. Yeah, but it literally just devolves to very basic like he magic, she magic. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited for the potential that is there. There is potential there between their power sets. Okay. Um, I, for one, am very interested in this. Um, Just on the premise that the first scary MCU film, uh, again, like we've been talking about. (laughs) Oh, see, this is the thing. I feel like there's going to be like two jump scares and then it's like, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. Um, Like I said, it could be uh, what we're expecting, but then it, it, it could be not. I don't know. Um, give me a trailer. I want to see what the vibe about this movie is about. I agree. I need a trailer. Um, anyway, Thor: Love and Thunder. I think we. I think we're all. Uh, I think we're all in the same uh, playing field when it comes. This to This is one. it right here. This is 20, 2020 uh, coming on twenty twenty one. Is going to star Chris Hemsworth, uh, Tessa Thompson, and Natalie Portman returning. Which you got to wonder how much uh, how much money did they dump on uh, Natalie Portman's front? front Poor porch. Lady Sif. <laughs> disappeared off the face of the multiverse and no one cares <laughs> who's lady Sif? I, I i gotta admit i thought if you asked me you know before yesterday what was more likely lady Sif coming back or jane foster coming back i would have gone with lady Sif. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can i tell you something um I think I've made it known that I have, I like Thor Ragnarok, but I felt like it was kind of a half measure. I think half of it I really loved and the other half was like, eh. Like it it, it felt like Taika Waititi 
had to make another person's film and his greatness was still able to push through but not completely mm-hmm. with this one it looks like everything i wanted with Ragnarok. oh he's writing it's, it it's it's full watiti he's writing it that logo is mm, beautiful he wasn't the writing Ragnarok, and, to be clear about that for people who are not yes. aware of this love and thunder that's hilarious that's and awesome title, thor love and thunder the late i think late jane jane thor Lady Thor, I think, is awesome, especially with um, Natalie, Natalie Portman, because I think she's really funny, and she rarely ever gets to like stretch that muscle. Yeah, um, I I love all of it. Yeah, because she's always been really like do. like the art, uh, the art kind of actress, and all that stuff. And Bring back Fat Thor. I think, um, um, dude, I, I was hope re- that that's what we're getting. I hope that's where we're getting Fat Thor throughout the whole entire thing. I hope. That they ride that like nobody's business, the whole fat Thor thing. Um, I'm I'm very excited for this, to be honest. I, I'm really this is the most really excited I am for, for any of it. This this is it right here. What Peter just said. There there's there's nothing that I think comes close to the excitement of this because you know you have a proven hand with Taika Waititi, and because he's writing this one, you know it's probably going to be much better than Ragnarok. The, this might, uh, the way that it's shaping, it might uh, uh, fight with Guardians Volume 2 for me. Um, if it is... I can see that. If it is what we're uh, what we're seeing. Um, because I, I, I just love everything about this. Uh, Lady, Th- uh, Lady Thor stuff, awesome. I can't Great. believe she's back, though. It's like... I, yeah. Damn, I mean... Good for honestly, it's like she walked. Did you see? Did you see like the the footage of the of the panel? She walked out with uh, Molnir. No, she walked out and then she was handed Molnir by Taika oh, yeah. Waititi, and it by was Taika. like it was a great moment. It was a great Comic Con moment, but also it's like good for her. You know, I feel Natalie Portman needs a break. It, she she's got an Oscar, but I feel like when it comes to these big franchises, she's been dealt a very bad hand repeatedly, and you know, I just. Maybe she'll get a chance to actually be great um, in bad. these movies. Um, bitch. I do think it's funny she went to being in the film, but um, no, I think the first time she only joined the film because of another director, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, what? What, no, what, what, what movie? What movie? The original Thor. Well, I I think it might have been the one who directed um, Patty Jenkins. That was Thor too. Okay. I think Thor two that Thor two was originally said to be mm-hmm. directed by Patty Jenkins, and then she was especially frustrated that Patty Jenkins left, and she still had to make that yeah. movie. And I think it's funny how you go through Ragnarok, where they literally just do their best to write her out and pretend she doesn't exist. But now the, the Tyke is bringing her back in a big bad way. I think it's awesome. I don't know. I love, I love it. it too. Um, and also, also the Valkyrie. Her uh, her supply of this, her looking for a queen. This is an op- I think that could be a lot of it fun. Is. That's it, it is, and it, yeah. this is also an opportunity for them to actually do something with the whole r- reality of her being LGBTQ. Make it part of the movie. I feel like she demanded that. Chessa Thompson, because she's been pushing and pushing and like her specifically has been pushing the the you know LGBTQ LG. A plus, not LBG, LG, uh, <laughs> LGBTQA. I no, I used to know the whole thing. Anyway, Q-I-A. she's been pushing it. 
Well, we know um, that, and this is, I think this speaks back to what you said earlier, Peter, about Marvel being very, like, you know, pussyfooting about this, but if I'm not mistaken, Whoa. there was a scene that was cut out of Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. that had confirmed Valkyrie's sexuality. And I bet you I can tell you why it was cut. Oh, you want me to say it? It's because <laughs> the fucking executives are little bitches. They're like, huh? Insinuate someone could exist that's gay? Well, there is, you know what, to speak... They're indoctrinating the children. They're everywhere. I mean, it's still a big thing. It's like a lot of these corporations really, you know how they went all all glammed out for pride, but when it comes to the movies they make, there's a very, you know, double standard there. I was actually reading today about, uh, you know, presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg, who's the first openly gay candidate to run for president. There was an interview he did with Columbus... uh, or I think it was Cumulus, one of the two, that they uh, he did an interview, a radio show at the country music uh, radio station host or whatever, and it was set to air tomorrow on Monday, but out at the last minute, the executives called off and they're not allowed to air the interview for no seemingly no reason, and I I have a deep suspicion of why that won't be airing. <laughs> Let's just be clear. I mean, maybe because he's gay. Bigot. <laughs> That's what I think it is. So it happens a I, lot. I, yeah. It still happens. Um, also, I I guess the, they're going to end up making Carol Danvers LGBT, right? Or well, she well Brie Larson maybe. has been pushing it as much as uh, as, uh, as as Tessa, Tessa Thompson. Has. Yeah, Brie Brie Larson is the enemy of the <laughs> internet. <laughs> so I will say, as much as I very much did not care for Captain Marvel. I love Brie Larson, yeah. and I love how she pisses off a certain sect without even trying of the internet. Even tr- so I would, I'll wholeheartedly buy a ticket to Captain Marvel two. I might not watch the film, but <laughs> I'll support her. <laughs> nice. Um, the only negative I have to say about Thor: Love uh, and Thunder is that it's so far away. It feels so far away. Oh, I was hoping for a twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, but it's twenty twenty one. Especially because. Um, I and you know it's it's weird because we're still getting it and we should be thankful we're still getting it but in a different reality this whole James Gunn snafu never happened and we would have gotten Guardians 3 I believe in 2020 already. we I, we probably already have a trailer yeah yeah oh yeah yeah fuck you marvel you uh. Alan Horn well, Alan Horn was, Alan was the Horn. one that fired yeah. him and I guess to the reports rehired him although i'm not sure how much we believe about there was reports i wonder how much kevin feige had to do in it because his name never comes up never in any of in any of it did i can't imagine he was okay with it. but did he just roll over and be like okay i don't well, know it, i'm really that's the one thing i'm really interested yeah. to find out what was his Maybe he's the one that kept an open line to both of them. And they, I don't know. Well, the reporting, and again, if you believe it or not, I don't know if I believe it. The reporting said that Gunn and Horn had been in contact for months after that happened. Yeah, but not Kevin Feige. Yeah. Well, Uh, remember, he, I remember an interview where he literally said, like, James Gunn's involvement in the. Yeah, he was downplaying. He was downplaying James Gunn. And I'm like, bitch. Yeah, that that (laughs) made me angry. Come on. He literally created your entire like cosmic side universe, of, yeah, of your universe, and you're all trying to downplay it. Uh, um, I mean, I know he has to do that, but the fact that he did that kind of told me 
he's probably not involved in any of these talks. Because if he was, if anything, he'd be pumping up James Gunn. He's like, oh, it's it's sad to not have James because he really did add a lot. It, you know, he might. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a business. I, I, I was also clearly. a little bit disappointed because I thought it, even though I guess phase two is confirmed to only just be two years, which is a different thing altogether. Phase four. Phase four. Phase four sorry. Oh, shit. Oh, fan. Damn. Okay. Phase four. Um, four films. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Do you get Six, it? Oh. Okay. Um, Is it six films? Six, it's six films well, and four TV shows. I know. I'm not counting the TV shows. Six there, films. Six. There's, How is it six uh, films? There's other uh, film. Okay, because you're including Captain Marvel 2. You're including a No, no, Guardians that's not Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Thor, Eternals, Black Widow. Five films. Okay, five. Sorry. I think it's five. I think okay. I... No, Blade. Blade was announced, but that Blade, no, that's Blade, Blade is for phase, Blade is phase five. Yeah, Phase Five. Just to be clear, but that, that's why which, I don't even know if it's Phase Five. They no, they confirmed know. it's it's They're, Phase Five. Which uh, Peter, you've been a huge component for uh, bringing back Blade into. Wait, can, uh, can we hold that thought for just MCU. a second? I want to hold that thought because I was uh, about to get to a thought about. I thought I was a little bit disappointed because what an amazing moment it would have created. If they had brought back James Gunn in that panel and for him to have gotten that love in front of that large Comic-Con crowd. I think they can still do that next year. (laughs) Yeah, when they have something solid for Guardians Volume 3. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Because right now, well, actually next year, you'll probably see him at the Suicide Squad panel. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm so happy because it, it really is an F you to Marvel. Like, hey, you threw me away. You want me back. Now you got to wait. Also, at the same time, uh, it would appear as if Warner Brothers was twice caught off guard by Disney in terms of the directors. Because, you know, I don't think Warner Brothers had anything to do with. Uh, I think they were as surprised to hear that James Gunn was back to do Guardians 3 after that whole thing with Suicide Squad was confirmed. But also, Warner Brothers basically just canceled Akira because Taika left them for Thor. I will say, I I think that's kind of unprofessional. I mean, I don't know the whole situation. I think they should just get another director. For Akira? Yeah. yeah. Um, but who knows? Um, uh, Peter, you were a huge component of bringing back uh, Blade into the MCU. Component? Uh, you, well, not a component. Proponent. You know yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, what do you think about that coming back into the MCU or coming into the MCU? And what do you think of the casting of Marshall Ali as, I, uh, as Blade? It's the same, answer, same, the same answer, pretty much. Thoughts. <laughs> First of all, Marshall Ali, fantastic as Blade. You know. Okay. I, I think, no, I agree. I think I, I think, think it's actually damn near perfect casting from what limited uh, knowledge I know. I, I don't mean to mm-hmm. cut you off, Peter, but like I, I want to just echo what you're going to say. Mahershala Ali is a great actor, and I want to remind people, I will watch anything he's in. He's great. You saw Green Book? He's great in oh, Green Book. We... He's great in Green Book. And yes, <laughs> Did I, you I, see I, Green yes, Book? Yes, I, see, I saw Green Book. I gave it oh, a review, okay. remember? I forgot. You're a coastal elitist. Of course you saw Green Book. <laughs> um... And completely was disgusted by the fact that it won Best Picture. Had no right even being nominated for Best Picture. I know. I mean, we were all going for Bohemian Rhapsody. Wait a um, minute. Did Mahershala win? <laughs> he won yeah, for Green Book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Good for him. That's another paperweight. <laughs> um, 
Oh shit. Uh, this I have so many issues. Okay, this is the I thing. I feel like it's going to be the exact same thing with Spider-Man for you, where you have something great and the MCU yeah. cannot make anything near what that was. Um, the original Blade is early 90s hilariousness. It's it's really funny, but it's good in, in a weird way. And then Blade 2 is literally directed by Guillermo del Toro. And Blade 2 is pretty fucking awesome. This is my thing. I don't believe it'll be rated R. I don't believe it'll oh, be no, rated R. Oh, no, it's not going to be rated R, R at all. It's going to be PG-13. I don't know. No, they confirmed it. Do. It's not going to be rated R, I think, I believe. I read somewhere. So, first of all, you're going to get an extremely watered-down blade, which sucks, pun intended. Um, second of all, I don't have much faith in Marvel when it comes to, like, character design or like the way they shoot their films like you especially Blade 2 the designs for the vampires were pretty fucking awesome like they had this like special vampire that would open its mouth and they you know he'd chop up heads and blood everywhere and then do a cool ass gun flip and say a a funny line but it's like you know my 90s my big fear is that it's just an extremely watered down basic Marvel film with Blade. Yeah, inserted. and I think it probably will be. I'm going to ask you, Peter. Uh, I guess a little bit of fantasy football here. Who would? What what director comes to mind? Let's say you were cast in the director for this uh, PG-13 Blade movie with Marshall Ali. Oh, for a PG-13. Well, it's gonna be PG-13. It's not gonna be rated R. That's out of the question, apparently. Oh man. Uh, maybe because we just mentioned DC, but fuck it, James Wan. (laughs) Yay! Because he's he's he knows horror. Yeah. And I th- he's done a PG-13 horror film. I think I'm trying to think. They haven't announced Um, a director, but I I could see James Wan doing Chang Chi. mm -hmm. I know, I, but I mean, they're gonna, they're going to, they're really? going to, really? we know that Marvel Studios is looking for an Asian director to do that movie. That's why I'm bringing him up and he is a great director. Let's be real about it. I that. think they're just going to pick some indie director who's made one film so they can push him or her around. Um, but when it comes to Blade, he, he has the over the top goofiness that I think could be a lot of well, fun. Well, James Wan isn't that kind of director though. Yeah. So, well, no, I'm talking uh, about Blade. I know, I know, but like James if they were to do a James Wan, he won't be taking their shit. Let's just be real. He's gonna, that's a director. Yeah, yeah, he would he yeah, would do I his agree own with thing. you James that, Wan. That's another reason yeah. too. So you need an established right, name. And James Wan does great uh character designs from what I've seen anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh He's probably just off the top of my head. I think he would be a really good pick. What if they do? Uh, since I guess it is a little bit horror esque, what if they uh, do Jordan Peele? And again, look, they want since they do with these movies, they do people of color with uh, they did it with uh, Black Panther and I guess with Captain Marvel. And they probably- Jordan Peele has explicitly said he does not want to do a Marvel film. He wants to do his own Regardless thing. of that, what do you think he would do with that movie? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I could see him do it, but 
again, he says that, but once the dump, the, the dump trucks of money come to your house, how do you say no to that? Uh, it's called artistic integrity. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sure. Speaking of dumping money, uh, shall we go on to our next um, I, I Before we go, I, I just want to say overall, uh, as far as uh, we what we do know will be coming in Phase 5, I guess now, would be Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, uh, Spider-Man 3, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. As far as 2021 is concerned... If I'm not mistaken, okay. So they announced two movies in so 2000- far. We have we have uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Doctor Strange and the Madness of uh, Multiverse of Madness, and then Thor: Love and Thunder, all coming out in 2021 in February, May, and November, respectively. Well, then that could theoretically be a fantastic year. Yes. What would be interesting that I hadn't known that, then that would mean that we're not going to get a Spider-Man movie until 2022, 2022. which that would be the longest stretch as far as the Sony Holland movies are concerned, because they would do it every two years. Um, And it's sad because that's the one I want to see the most right now, weirdly enough. So I guess there's that. Uh, So that would mean that I guess Spider-Man, I think more than anything, what I would bet you is because of the dates of 2022. You will get Guardians 3, Black Panther 2, and Spider-Man 3 in 2022. That's what I'm thinking of right now as far as Marvel Phase 5 is concerned. Because I know that February, April... No, February, May, and July are the dates that they have for 2022. Well, James Gunn talked about coming back in 2022 in, uh, in Marvel, so I'm pretty sure that that is already in the, in the pipeline. How already. many years... Between 2017 and 2022 would have passed. Between two and three. Five years? God damn. And Five that, years. And that script but to be, has been in the bag for years, right? Like, Yeah. Like, he already... He wrote it pre... Uh, uh, firing. <laughs> Pre-firing. Yeah. Yeah, pre-firing. Yeah, it was already... Like, the, like, it was so interesting. Like, what they were talked about. I'm, I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the show already about Guardians of IM3, but it was supposed to be, like, kind of like a father-son uh, kind of letter uh, that, like, you know, Yondu's, Yondu's hypothetical spirit would be around uh, Quill throughout the entire thing, and that would be, like, the, the central character focus of Peter Quill. I just want and Mark Hamill that, <laughs> in the movie. And, and that was going to be, uh, that was going to influence like the way that the music was going to work. Mark Hamill, that, uh, please don't die. Um, I only want Mark Hamill in the MCU if he's going to play Otto Octavius. Um, uh, okay. Um, I guess the one thing that it's not going to, it's happen. not going to happen. Um, so there's a, theoretically speaking, a lot uh, to be excited about for Marvel, but at the same time, a lot to be nervous, cautious, have reservations about as well. Um, as far as the movies are concerned, as far as TV is concerned, I, I could not be bothered to give a shit. Ah, this what if animated movie? May interesting. Oh, it's not a movie. It's a show. It's a show? Okay. It's an animated yeah. TV show for Disney plus, right? Uh, narrated yeah. by Jeffrey Wright, if I'm not mistaken. I'll catch that. That seems as cool. the watcher. Yeah. But aside from that, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, it would have I, I will say... From a marketing standpoint and a marketing strategy, very much 
uh, the TV shows were used in lieu of uh, of all the other movies. But definitely, I think it came down from Disney. You got to make these TV shows feel, at least to your core audience, as important as the movies to make sure that they subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I think they did say, I think Kevin Feige or someone on that panel said that they're going to be more information about this and maybe something else at D23 See, next month. That also worries me. Like, are the films going to suffer? Because now they have to expand... But these TV shows the don't require show? much. I mean, they don't got to be good, really, to subscribe. Then are I, they going to cost real money? It's still, it's still manpower. It's still CGI artists. It's still writers. It's, it's still work. That's what I'm mm. saying. If it takes away from the other films, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. They're taking away from the, the films. Um, out of the ten plus things they announced, uh, I'm really excited for one of them. Other two are touch and go. And yeah, I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of them are touch and go. To be honest with you, but in theory, they all sound great. But I'm excited for it. three of them. For three out of three out of five, and I think that's that ain't bad. I like. For I, me. Look personally, I like what I heard about you know Shang Chi and Doctor Strange, um, and especially Thor: Love and Thunder. Love that title. Uh, underwhelmed, honestly, by Black Widow. I, I. It seems like that movie may not make much of an impact but to be quite honest with you i'm actually much more more than anything i'm still the most excited for guardians of the galaxy volume three um yeah and i spider-man three but that's that's just me um but i think the big takeaway for me is i'm more about now just checking out individual films as far as a, a cinematic universe i don't really care as much anymore yeah I, I don't care about, like, the overall quote-unquote story. And it doesn't appear as if there is one in this phase, to be quite honest with you. At phase four at all, there's nothing. Yeah. It doesn't even end with an there's Avengers There's no Avengers film. movie, and I, I don't think you'll see one for a while. Um, They said, uh, I think Kevin Feige teased about Fantastic Four, as we knew, was in development. Peter again called it as that being one of the first Fox properties that they would go into mm-hmm. development. But as I said, look. I, I know, based on reports, Ant-Man director Peyton Reed has been lobbying for years to do the Fantastic Four movie. You have my guarantee here. If Peyton Reed does that movie, is announced that Peyton Reed directs Fantastic Four, I'd probably walk away from Marvel altogether. <laughs> uh, guess what? It'll be as basic as humanly possible and it will be praised because as it doesn't the take the <laughs> fantastic four movie it doesn't take much though with the fantastic four films to be clear to be fair i don't see why the the jessica alba uh ann grufford films get a bad rap they're again they're cheese right these are the same people that are in love with the prequels but claim that that's a bad film so i don't i, I, don't, I don't, know. haven't seen those movies the original two fantastic four films they seem like they're really cheesy 2000 films are they good are they bad or are they they're they're not great but they're also like they're not the worst things in the world and they're made like, out people to be. Sw- people swear it's like yeah it's not like a necessarily a good film but it's like it's whatever like I don't know, it, I genuinely don't feel they're the worst things in the world. No, I, uh, you know, I on a on FX I caught a Silver Surfer uh, recently, and 
I still I still enjoyed it very much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think people overreact with the, those ones. So yeah, overall, yeah. that's where I'm at with Marvel. Um, uh, Peter, where are you at? I think he he agrees more or less. Oh yeah, yeah I I said there's one film I'm really excited for. Two that are touch and go. Rest, I kind okay. of don't care. Um, I'm I'm excited for three out of five. So anyway, uh, let's. K- let's get into the circle of life of things uh let's talk about a little movie that came out uh, a few days ago called go called the lion king um 2019 2019 yes but might as well just call it 1994 because it was the exact same shit but just like well we'll get into it um peter when you were do we we did a little a little trilogy of uh, podcasts called the uh, remake remedies. You were calling out on the bullshit of all the Disney movies, uh, Disney remakes coming out. Uh, you were more right on the money than uh, than uh, a lot of people uh, would have cared. And here, I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to really feel it with this one. Uh, it's just it's it's bad you know for me uh because i was i was in utter shock i was in utter shock i was i was fuming (laughs) i did not want to talk throughout the entire uh after dark um but here i am i'm gonna i'm gonna come uh with fire and fury uh on this uh on this movie so uh i wanted to be clear and known that i i absolutely adored lion king it's my favorite Disney 1994 film of all time. 1994 yes <laughs> i hate that we have to differentiate I, I honestly hate that so much i know um anyway uh so the lion king 1994 <laughs> uh it's a it's a treasure to me i i think it's one of the most perfect films ever i know peter disagrees he thinks that it's like it's a really good film to quote him from uh from i i think it's really really good i think it's great fantastic what the fuck do you want from me (laughs) um because it's not in your favorites um anyway uh i i i just love the whole thing i i could quote the whole fucking thing it's just like you better deliver on like all the punctuations, you know, dot the T, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's kind of thing. If you're going to, if you're going to do this right and they didn't deliver, I was hoping that maybe I might get some good covers out of this bullshit, but I didn't because I was so distracted at like the uninspired animation, uh, with, with the music numbers, especially with like just, uh, just can't wait to be king where it's just them running around a watering hole or when they were doing be prepared. It was just like slam poetry with like the final the final beat at the end with be prepared it was just it just felt like shit to it just like there's no other way of saying it it just felt like utter shit because of that and i don't think that like this is the most uninspired i've ever felt about coming out of like something called the lion king you know because i'm always inspired by something the festival of lion king and animal kingdom i'm i blew my mind um uh i even i even like simba's pride and uh to an extent uh some bits of lion king one and a half i like um and so like i i you know i'm i'm welcome and open to like these different different uh versions of and like uh different like 
ways that the Lion King is told and all that shit. But this, I, I just it was not inspiring. In fact, it felt putrid. And throughout the whole, <laughs> throughout the entire movie, I oh, felt yeah. That's the first time the word putrid has been uttered in this podcast. A little over I, 180 80 episodes or so. But congratulations I, for putrid. I, I, number one, I was bored. I was laughing out of my mind how, like, hysterically, like, unfulfilling and uninspired the circle of life sequence was. And if you know the circle of life scene, it's, like, the most bombastic, like, big epic uh, openings ever. And it just felt like a jumbled, like, you know how you play, like, something like Undertale or, like, uh, or, like, Biowarfare and stuff like that? And, uh, and you see, like, the cutscenes. It felt like that to a really bad adaption of The Lion King, uh, 1994 or, uh, video game. And, uh, Chiwetel Ejio 4, he, Jeff, <laughs> freaking Jeremy Irons, he is not. He was utterly shit. I, and I know that he could be a good actor. I know he can. But him doing the dialogue of Jeremy Irons did not mesh well at all. Like, you know, life's not fair, is it, little friend? It's just like you didn't. They literally took all the flair out of his character and they're like, go. <laughs> I think the yeah. sex could be sent for all of the characters, to be quite and that's frank what with the, you. That's. And that's what Scar is. He's supposed to be like this bombastic, like, you know, oh, you know, don't mind if I practice my little curtsy. He's like the most like flamboyant Disney villain with the exception of well, with the exception of Governor Radcliffe from uh from uh pocahontas you know okay um (laughs) let me see how i glitter um the it just like you you had to have that i guess the only like improvement is like i never really bought uh matthew broderick as as simba um is it because you heard matthew broderick yeah no you know what but this is the thing matthew broderick at least had emotion in his voice. I love uh, Donald Glover, but it it was like the most boring. He, I think he did a terrible job. I think job. I, I just gotta be, I guess, say it again. You can say the exact same thing about every single voice actor in this, except for perhaps maybe Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen. The rest, I thought, were flat. Are also, you watching The Princess and the Frog? I am. Isn't it great? I love it's that a great film. film. Oh, I, that's such right an now you're Disney right film. now you're on the oh, I I could feel I'm not hearing what's going on on screen but I could hear that well squish. it's on mute that but I'm I know but I could just Fr- hear friends that. on the other side I think is up there with uh, the be, prepared be prepared and poor unfortunate souls I think it's fantastic um sorry yeah. we're gonna review the Princess of the Frog now because it is the <laughs> we most don't want to talk I about think it, that movie could could be the most like criminally underrated disney movie of the century yeah i i think so i mean everything is fantastic about it i mean there's no there's no ands if or but about it it's just i think it came out at a wrong time i think i think like yeah everybody was it sucks everybody was in the 3d phase already like well deep into the 3d phase and so i don't think like everybody was but like, i'm oh, grateful 2D, it wasn't what, a 3d film though it's a gorgeous 2d animation yeah it's a 2d film you know if it came out now though all of twitter would be like what the first yeah, but the great uh, thing black about disney the, yeah. princess it would have made the, the great thing about the fact that it's a 2d film uh is i think it it, it 
it fits perfectly in the era of the Disney Renaissance, those early movies. Oh, but I also think what's it's not just the looks too, it's the quality. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the quality. The music I think is one of the yeah, best because, of Disney. Cuz like the music is so good. I believe it was Musker and Clemens who directed Aladdin and uh, Hercules and Little Mermaid that did Princess and the Frog. Yeah, and also I feel like this film feels like it, it could have come directly out of that yeah, era. Yeah, cuz the they, music yeah. of the film was done by uh, Randy Newman and he did amazing at it. And I'm not um, sure if you're aware of this, Peter, for a little bit of Disney trivia, but you know, you know, Clemens and Musker, who I just said co-directed Hercules, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and uh, the Tiana they film. They did Moana. 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 And all those films yeah, are great. And it, yeah, and I did love Moana. Um, oh, and now I don't even know about the future of Disney. I think, we'll see a D23 when they release Phase 4. I, but uh, <laughs> or, or Phase, I don't know how many phases there have been of disney so i guess it should um, go back to the lion king <laughs> um but i i think that this is like i i was kind of like uh like i was like okay i i enjoy i was entertained with aladdin um i know i know you guys uh think differently but i was thoroughly entertained with aladdin with the exception of two factors uh, what, what um, do you mean think differently i didn't watch that movie i didn't care to see that i didn't see that or dumbo by the way I don't deny that you're entertained. Yeah, I, it's it's just like fuck you for being entertained. I don't care. Well, the, <laughs> and there we have it. You um, like what you like, but to be clear, I can't have a thought on Aladdin. Although I'm pretty sure it's, I don't know honestly how much more I would have liked that than how I like this Lion King version. Honestly, I, at the end of the day, I, I don't deny that maybe it's entertaining. I just don't know why I would care to see an inv- inferior clear, version. At least that would have been entertaining. This movie was nothing but, and I want to say, yeah, this and this wasn't even. And in, that's why I was like, I mean, everything but. Was like, yeah. uh, like, okay, maybe, maybe Lion King might work. I don't know. No, look, I, I just look. I, I've always as soon as okay, go on. I've I've been a Lion King fan my whole life. Literally, it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Especially, I, I don't know how many times I would watch the VHS tape or the DVD when I got it uh, at home. It's one of the, the most, besides Toy Story, Lion King was like well, the most rewatched film of my childhood for sure. And I've loved everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, as a, growing up, I, I liked Simba's Pride. I liked One and a Half. I even, I think, watched the Timon and Pumba show when it was on. Uh, surprisingly. They had a show? The Disney Afternoon Timon and Pumba yeah. show. It was uh, Timon and Pumba and it was voiced by Nathan oh. Lane and it was, Ernie Sabella. I think you'd like it because it was a weird show. It was. It, it was bizarre. like they're they're in the city. They're roaming around. They interacted like, with humans. They New, they took a, a a ski trip episode. It was a. It mm. was. See, at least when Disney used to milk their properties, it would get fucking weird, you know. <laughs> yeah. But with now, it's just like there is. It's a, not even. There's not even entertainment aspect to it you know what i mean there is an episode know. where they were trying to deal with simba's flea problems <laughs> okay yeah i i, I think like you just should. <laughs> just that premise alone should tell you what you it should is. check it um, out it's pretty it's pretty weird and interesting and you like weird you like that but this was the first lion king anything that not only can i say that i didn't like that i didn't enjoy but as I, I look back at the After Dark to make sure, I called my time watching Lion King 2019 a disgusting experience. Um, 
it was probably the most the worst theatrical experience in terms of like not being you know killed by the audience per se but killed by the movie which might actually be the worst offensive at all because there was i think nothing redeeming to me about this movie yes it's i guess it was made on a computer and it looks real okay Mm -hmm. it's a pretty tech demo and that's about uh, it. A special effect that's... without a story means nothing. It's just boring to me. And that's what you call this movie. It was boring all the way throughout. This is the, I think, the first. Um, what? Not it... to mention the out of place Beyonce single that appeared oh out of nowhere. I'll, I'll get to that. Look, there were some things about Beauty and the Beast that I enjoyed in terms of the music. This one has, I can't point to a single quality about what this film offered that i can say that i liked or enjoyed i think this is the one where it fails on all cylinders including the music that's where that's where i come into these movies like if you guys could deliver on like good covers i that's when i'll be entertained but other than that like i I just no the the music was bad let's just the music was bad chuatel edge four was awful beyonce's song was jarring as fuck it's just yeah <laughs> not only th- not oh my god it's a ghost turn around oh it was a ghost oh shit sorry go ahead <laughs> not only that visually unbelievably boring all the musicals like all, all the musical is, numbers are literally around. just them running in a straight line running in a circle and then just singing that's it why did you include in the some, music? In some, Why? in some instances, singing quite badly. I just want to say there was some pretty bad singing. Yeah. There was some pretty, like, not caring singing. Beyonce was milking it. So you had Beyonce milking it. You had Donald Glover barely being registering a tune, it looked like, compared to Beyonce. And I think it's it's quite the accomplishment that we walked out of a Disney musical and not a single one of those performances worked. Can you feel the love tonight was not sexy enough? I'm just going to put that out there. God, okay. I was about to say I agree with you, but then I was like, that's Let's be real. Those those, those songs are timeless songs, and there will forever be great songs, but they didn't work in the context of the movie, and they were performed quite poorly and badly. That's why it was bad. Well, this goes back to there be just being no emotional... Nothing emotionally being registered on the characters' faces because they're trying to be so realistic. Like, in the original Can You Feel the Love Tonight, they're smiling at each other. Uh, Nala gives that um, iconic, you know, fuck me eyes. Uh, that <laughs> That's, why. That's why I was saying it's not sexy enough. And, and, and in this film, it literally just looks like two cats playing with each other. And I'm like, I don't really Which feel the love. Which we also saw <laughs> that in the beginning of the, the trailers because we saw the Cats trailer and we saw... <gasps> oh, yeah. I, okay, guys. As as I keep on watching the trailer, I am more and more hyped for the Cats. That like, Cats have... trailer is the weirdest thing I've seen all year long. It's great. You you have no... It's honestly, it's pretty fucking weird. I kind of like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty hilarious. Like right now... It might rival, if not more, my anticipation for Rise of Skywalker. Oh, shut the fuck up. Come on. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. I will say the cat's memes are hilarious. Oh, if yeah. anything, the memes I they saw, produced are pretty I funny. I saw one of like the new cat's trailer looks great, and it was just the picture of uh, Jeremy Clement as a as a the cat from a from a <laughs> from what we do what the we shadows. do the shadows. Yeah. Uh, That's that was hilarious. great. Um but I I, I 
it just felt like uninspired. I mean, I, I could feel like I, I just the Lion King. Yeah, it oh, okay. didn't just feel uninspired. It looked uninspired, and it sounded uninspired. I don't. I think it's a one-two punch, where in in the same sentence you can say that because they were photorealistic uh, realizations of real life animals, they looked and had no emotion and looked boring. First and foremost, I, second of I all, the actors. Death. Yes, we all did. But the actors and I think what happened was. The team was saying to the actors, you got to tone it down because you can't act as if this is an animated movie. And they sounded boring. Yeah, like Keegan-Michael Key, uh, Eric Andre. and um, I, They had one joke and that was it. Like they did nothing with those characters. I was really surprised how nothing the hyenas were. Especially when you add 30 fucking minutes and m- most everything you add. And this is how you know that they didn't care or that their only concern was the money, the technology, because oh. most of everything they add is literally no dialogue and just fucking scenes of the environment. Like they added like a whole extra fucking minute of the the mouse scurrying in the beginning. <laughs> And they added a, like fucking five minutes of the of, of the du- of, of the tuff of hair, yeah, and the dung beetle rolling shit, and it's like you just want to show off Africa and this technology, like that's it, that's all you're really concerned with. You're not concerned with making the Lion King. You know, I'm, there there is this whole uh, debunkle about uh, show debacle. business right now, debacle, whatever. <laughs> um about show business about like you know how cg is gonna take over the movie industry it has but here but here's the thing we even have cgi actors back from the dead now it's completely taken over but it did reach the uncanny valley for a lot of people um and so it's like there's there's that there's that line still and uh, this movie proved to me that we're so far uh, behind the line that I don't think that CGI movies are going to completely take over the uh, well, show business. I, 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 I mean, I, if anything, this should show you that it is. Yeah. It made $185 million opening but, but weekend. By the way, I want to say two things about that box office because I'm the box office guy. Two things. That, to give the back up what Peter was saying, yes, it made $185 million opening weekend, which is the highest opening weekend for a Disney live action remake even higher than Beauty and the Beast but at the same time it came in a lot lower than even Disney's modest projections were giving it at and yet I'm not seeing anybody say that this was a disappointment like Toy Story 4 was apparently the disappointment of the year because it came I'm really hoping that the second weekend like plummets it's not though even Quentin Tarantino is not gonna like Kill the Lion King. It's 185. It's this Lion King was the second highest opening uh film of the year behind Avengers Endgame. Uh, and it's like And Lion King was better. Yeah, fuck you. Um that that's the nineteen ninety four version. Oh, well, what okay. are you talking I about? I can give you that. Um uh, also I want to challenge <laughs> in this regard, yes, it is impressive that these environments were all made in a computer and it was all pretty much animated. But I saw that already with the jungle book and arguably that deserved, I think to win the Oscar for visual effects. Cause that at the time was new. It hadn't been done before. I didn't see anything 
revolutionary in terms of this one. I thought it was just basically the same thing they did with Jungle Book, but more of it. And there's no action. You know what I you know what I just thought? Um The Mandalorian is gonna be such a huge hit with Star Wars. Fans. <laughs> oh really? You couldn't see Because because John Favreau is turning into George Lucas. Where it's like, well, the technology, you know, the te- the technology. We'll, we'll, we'll just, who gives a shit about the story? Just give them whatever the fuck they want. But the, the technology, oh my God, how this is amazing. I hear his Netflix show is great. He's going, he's going full Lucas. I, that's what I feel. As far as, well, that's right. The last movie I liked of his was Chef. I really like Chef. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as Jungle Book and Lion King are concerned, and especially, I've already said it once before, I cannot be bothered to crap out anything that comes close to being interested in The Mandalorian. Have you, have any of you seen his, uh, his show on Netflix, The Chef Show? I've seen clips. It looks good. Oh, I'm, I'm not a... A chef, a, a foodie. A sh- food TV guy. Right. No, oh, I'm um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of huge into that that. Shit. Well, you have uh, Anthony Bourdain, obviously, is like one of your heroes. So obviously, yeah. no, I hear it's great. It's good. I'm sure it's. A, I'm, I, I'll guarantee you. I bet it's a good yeah. show. The event. The they did a Avengers Atlanta uh, episode where, where Gwyneth Paltrow were, had no idea what movies she was in. No, that was another episode. Okay. Um, but I was I in Spider Man. I wasn't in Spider Man. Okay, I saw that episode and like, damn, number one, I. Gwyneth Paltrow is nuts. Like she's, she doesn't she's give. So she doesn't care. I mean, she doesn't shit. have to care. She's Gwyneth Paltrow. Why would she care what Marvel movie she was in? She just got a paycheck. Well, yeah, but that's what happens when you grow up rich. Yeah, and then you, as an adult, you, a very young adult, you become rich and famous, and then that's just basically your mode of life forever. Yeah, like oh, I got. You're gonna, check you're gonna something. be kooky and weird. So, especially if you have Blythe Danner as a mom. Well, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, would you guys? I'd be surprised if she was. Normal. Would you guys say there was anything? Uh, I like Zathura, uh, and I didn't hate Cowboys and Aliens as as far as other stuff. Oh uh, yeah. See, that's the thing. I just feel he's re- kind of. I agree with you, hundred percent. Um, and again, there's Elf. The, Alpha's really good. Elf. I liked Iron Man and Iron Man I Two. Elf. Iron Man and Iron Man Two are great. Look, and again, this is from someone who actually really likes Iron Man Two. So we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah across I the know, board. Um, do you guys agree with me that there was nothing I revolutionary about the visual effects in this movie? Uh, it didn't. It did, I, I, it's just hard for me to care. Maybe that's what it is. I. Uh, I just don't care. I guess that's my okay. thing. I, I will admit, while it does look pretty it's just like it's it's pretty painting a painting a. it doesn't look pretty it just looks realistic and because of that it looks boring and it's not just the animals it's also the landscapes the landscapes lose that bit of majesty and the Mm. grandness of it from that what was it called the canyon looked so much smaller oh it it looked really small it looked boring and again I could maybe give them a pass if they like shot like real locations and then digitally inserted animals um, in there. Animals, but everything was CGI. You're t- you could have just digitally made the gorge bigger like, and for more example, impressive. Like for example, I know where you could like imply that technology with because when they did the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies, they swung 
throughout the city uh, with a camera, uh-huh. okay. and then they applied Spider-Man to that to make it look like you know you're actually swinging mm-hmm. through New York and all that stuff, and if and it felt like that because of that practicality. But then you don't have when you take out that practicality, it just like add it, it just takes out that groundedness from your film. Yeah, and because even though it looks really good and realistic, you can still tell it's in a computer. All of it's in a computer, not necessarily because it doesn't look realistic, but because it's so perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in real life, there's still so many imperfections that you can't even account for when you're Another filming. personal thing about uh, another uh, use of like imagery in, in terms of the original Lion King film, I always loved Rafiki's tree. And how huge and grand it looked. And it looked here like... I always loved Rafiki. <laughs> <laughs> and he's nothing in this movie. They, they tag... I, I think nothing. you and I... I think Kyle had some issues now, but you and I, Peter, are, are still fans of Doug Walker, the nostalgia critic. And he pointed out perfectly, there was a scene that was... The one scene that was cut out of this that I can think of was when uh, when Rafiki says the sin, but the past can hurt. Hurt. Yeah, like literally the best, maybe the best part of the film, with like one of the best lessons in any Disney film. Yes, the best can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it, and that's such that's such inspiring wisdom. Of all the you scenes know? to cut out, you and know? they stripped his personality so much. There wasn't any personality. Like, so I felt at all. Much. They tried to add in a little bit, but it's like. This is the way I think you should review remakes, okay? Um, If it's doing the exact same thing as the original and you're entertained, you don't get any points. You don't get any points. Because you're copying a movie, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Um, If you're doing something different, slightly different, okay, does it improve the scene? No. No. You don't get any. And there was no scene in this movie that was improved. Every scene, I think, was greatly, and I mean greatly worsened. Yeah, I I, I think so. And I think what it is with people is as long as you change one or two things, even if it's worse, they're still like, well, I enjoyed the film because I like Lion King. And I see that with a lot of reviews. It's like, well, it's not a bad film because it's the Lion King and the Lion King's a good film. So even though it's not as good as the original, I I disagree. I disagree in this case. "Ah." I have to disagree in this case because not it, it is, but it's not because I think it sucks out all of the joy i think it sucks yeah. out all of the energy that it's like it's it, this experience is like watching the lion king and it's the same thing but it just sucks yeah and that's the thing it's like is all film to you plot points like you don't think there's more to film than just the same basic plot points because like like i said in that first scene with you know the circle of life uh that famous scene there's so many points in the beginning where i'm like oh my god can you go through it right now just since we have so many like little things first of all the animation is gorgeous like when i rewatched it the night before like the shot of the mountain and it's all misty at the bottom and you can see like elephants slowly and like i was transported i thought like it, it was beautiful and it 
the the live action does not hold up at all. Well, it just feels the, small. Here's the thing: if we go back in history into like 1993 when they were marketing this film, um, the only like piece of marketing that they had for a while was the animation for the Circle of Life, and that whole sequence was the was the only marketing that they had for a while. Um, and then, uh, and that's what bought audiences. That's what you're also talking about. One of the greatest opening sequences of all time in the history of movie making. Easily, easily. There's another point when the song, when they're talk about, um, from the day you're born to when you step into the sun. Arrived on the planet. That's the lyric Mm -hmm. from the the circle of life. I don't know the exact. Uh, blinking and into the sun, to okay. the sun, and that and in the animation, that's where you have the um the mama uh giraffe and the baby giraffe, and right when it's the blinking into the sun, like the the baby giraffe kind of like lifts its head out of the shadow and then into the sun, and it's like ooh, you know, visual storytelling, visual imagery, really nice. And this one, you just see two shots of giraffes in the daylight, and, and you and you lose that. all of that basically. Uh, like right when it hits the circle of life it's like boom you know in the original the camera pops out and zooms into the pride rock yeah and it's like oh my god like it emotionally pulls oh, you and in then you kind of and in this one too and so yeah. it's like visually and in this one in the in the new one it literally just kind of pans over and it's like oh okay it's well there. that doesn't that's not doesn't emotionally pull me um when um what's his name what's the monkey's We're name Rafiki, when He's he lifts up Simba uh, in the very beginning. Oh, sorry, baboon. Uh, when he lifts up Simba, it does. I have. I still don't know what the name of the technique is, but it like boom, 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 like zooms in on him all quick, Hypercut. like three times. Yeah, to like um, emphasize like the importance of it. Mm-hmm. it. Like it gets to you. Also, the circle of life. Speaking boom. of like, I'm gonna go into another scene when it like. Oh, hyper- real quick though. In this new one, they don't do that at all, and it's very lame. Okay, when they ahead. hyper zoom into uh, into Simba's face when he realizes that the stampede is heading towards him, yeah, and in this one, it, they just show his face, and I think they they like pan in a little bit, and he's just like ah, <laughs> you know, the stu- he has the same blank expression. There's no fear. There's nothing. And then he, again, with how gorgeous that shot of like, um, the their buffalo, right? The the wildebeest, yeah, wildebeest. The way they're like coming down and and into the like gorge or whatever it's called, like that's is genuinely breathtaking. And the and and this new one, it's like I felt nut. Like there's no sense of dread or despair. But you don't, like, you all, feel nothing. When, uh, you when, uh, feel uh, nothing. Also, when Scar and Mufasa are talking, like when he's like saying, uh, uh in the original, he's like, you know, quick. Mufasa stampede in the gorge. Simba's down there, and then like, uh, and then uh, Mufasa's like Simba, like, like the utmost urgency. And then we get to the remake, and it's just like, uh, Mufasa, quick, uh, he's Simba's trapped in the gorge, and then he's just like, when he kills him, first of all, uh, Mufasa, the way he says "help me, brother" sounds like a command. He's like, "help me, brother." In this new one, and in the original, you could hear a like him, like out of breath, like pleading with him, "Help me, brother!" And, and then, of co- course, Scar like stab, like stabs his claws into him and gets real close, you know, and, and cherishes every word. Long live the king! Like and he then relished in that. Like he's been Muf- waiting for this moment his whole life. 
Mufasa's face darkens and you see the realization, the betrayal, all of it. And in this one, it's like, help me, brother, like a command. And then he's just like, long live the, the king. king. And then he just bitch slaps him. Yeah. And it's like, no, I feel nothing. And then, uh, but no, that's not true. You do feel something. Cause, oh, laughter, yes. humor. And that's another one of the poor translations from animation to live action is, and then like it, it was ridiculous well that's the thing they they extend Mufasa's scream by like a lot they do. I don't know what I don't know why they do that and, and it's just him falling it felt it was slow extra slow-mo right it was slow-mo mm-hmm. because like what the gorge was only like what two feet two feet tall <laughs> yeah. uh, probably two feet three feet but it's it's hilarious him like ah as he like turns and then later in the movie they show it again and I think it almost broke you Peter you were like <laughs> that's what I was like this is hilarious at the very end because because they're like I killed Mufasa what flashback <laughs> ah like, falling like you could almost hear the Wilhelm scream. They might as well. If they would have done it, I would have at least. I want to say props. that the theme that I that uh, we've been talking about is all of the different ways that you lose in the translation from animation to live action. But I think mm-hmm. the similar, um, the common theme that can bridge all this together, and what I've been hearing is basically this movie went from big to small from animation to live action in so many ways. Yeah. Like that um, animated film felt uh, grand. <laughs> grand. I was about to say epic, but I didn't want to use the word epic. <laughs> grand, I think, is is a much better uh, good call. Terminology. By the way, yeah. No, that film felt grand. It felt like a genuine journey, and it's supposed to. You know, it's about the journey of life to a certain extent. Um, and this film just felt grating. <laughs> like, oh my god. I and by the way, the people we saw it with enjoyed it. They loved it very much. They loved it. They get, but hey, I will again, s- applause at the end. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get applause for Beauty and the Beast? Got a, yeah. Uh, Kyle I, did, wait, did. Did we? I think so. Did Aladdin get applause when you saw it, Kyle? Um, there was next to well, were people I clapping? That, I th- they were going to, but then they heard yo. It's DJ Khaled. And then everybody just like darted out of the theater. <laughs> Hater. Um, I I will say, and I think this is key, the, the children's reaction to the film, like, of course, they laughed at the jokes, but they weren't emotionally moved. And, and we, I've been in enough to know been to enough <laughs> yeah. kids movies in the th- theaters where you can tell where the kids are. Engrossed There's one the example film. I think you're about to bring up where I I thought was weird too was when Sim, when uh, Mufasa is dead and then there's just like uh-huh. wildebeest that out of nowhere comes and the little girl just laughs. Oh yeah, there was a little girl that was just started laughing. None of the kids you could tell were affected at all by Mufasa's no. death. And that's supposed and to be like that's supposed to be like the defining. Their childhoods should have been ruined at that moment, but they didn't care. It was just like uh, uh, funny animals, like it, <laughs> oh, shit. it. It didn't affect them. And again, I've been to films where you see the kids and you see they're affected. Infinity War, yeah, kids were very affected. No, by yes, the, the Spider-Man thing Especially that happened, so, yeah, yeah. 
uh, I love, I cherished hearing kids like, what happened to them? And parents just kind of, <laughs> like, they don't know what they, they're supposed to tell their kids. That's awesome. Um, I've been to Pixar films where, like, yes, kids are, ugh, kids are rowdy, but Coco. Coco, kids were I, I heard some kids, uh, you know, little sniffles. Um, I know a lot of people don't like this, but I'm bringing it up again. The Last Jedi. Kids, kids, like I, 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 there was kids genuinely like, oh my gosh, like wow, when um they they did the the holdo maneuver mm-hmm. into snow yes, ship, yes, yes, they were like, whoa, yes, there yeah. were there were kids. I think in all three sh- viewings that I saw in the theater, there were kids when it went silent, where you could hear them like. Wow! Yeah, you know, like say something, and like sometimes the audience would yeah. laugh because of that. Like, like okay, when uh the yeah. the moment at the ending of uh Last Jedi when I went to go see it with my parents, um, they uh one kid when the little kid picked up the broom with the lightsaber and mm-hmm. like they they uh they found uh they found out that the kid could use the force. Uh, I heard one kid distinctly say, "Me." Yeah, well, yeah, that's awesome. See that's amazing. You get you get none of that with this film. It's I'll it's mainly say, just like to add on. Yeah. I felt that with uh, Zootopia, with Moana, with Moana, with Moana. <laughs> Moana <laughs> is that the all cow <laughs> live action remake? That's a parody. That's that's Nettie. That's Nettie's fan film. Moana. That's not Nettie's fan film. Yeah. Moana. Um, I'd watch and it. also Ralph breaks Milk the internet. Way, Milk way. Ralph breaks the internet got those children a lot from what I saw. They were very well okay. behaved children. So look, mm-hmm. it says a lot, and you're right, that children didn't care about what was going on in this movie as far as the emotional stakes are concerned. Mm-hmm. They giggled at the funny parts, but that was about it. Like it, you could tell it's like it was a time waster for a lot of them. And it and when you compare that to the original, which had such a profound impact on you know the generation of children that watched it. I think that says everything. You know what's funny? I think a lot of kids were more impacted by the Despicable Me films than this one. I I like the first two. Just putting it out there. Peter doesn't like any of them. <laughs> the first one, I was like, this is all right. Let's see what other movies this Illumination studio makes. <laughs> And then they made other films, <laughs> and fuck them. So yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, uh, it was the, the Lion King. Like, is a, a favorite film of a lot of people with good reason because you you do have that impact with a lot of people. Uh, and to have this film like not even make a dent. In terms I don't of, like, know. Impact. There were a lot of times where I just like when people were laughing that it, it came off to me like awkward laughing. I don't know. Did you guys get that? Or I didn't get. Yeah. Maybe it was awkward for me because I didn't find that funny. It was awkward for yeah. me because I didn't find <laughs> yeah, it funny at all. I think that's what it was. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, Timon and Pumbaa. Everyone talks about it. I think it's because they were the only animals that felt like alive. Yeah, they really were, so to speak. Yeah, it wasn't even that it was like the most amazing thing ever. They were just. In a film just so devoid. Lacking, it's very clear that the soul. filmmakers allowed Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner to do whatever, I guess, and to just improv, mm-hmm. it looked like anyway. 
And I think that's better than just hearing actors read the same lines. And as at the, the end of the day, you could words. also say they still did the they still kind of ripped off themselves because instead of the the hula dance thing, they did be our guest. Uh, oh, which I yeah. will defend. Which Disney di- people love it when Disney is meta references. Yeah, they love Billy Eichner did a lot better than Ewan McGregor, at least when it came to singing that song. Billy Eichner is a good singer. Yeah. Um, also, he's a great character. I he's a great guy. Read. I don't know if you've. I don't know. If Seth Rogen cannot sing for shit, but I think that adds to it. <laughs> uh, Peter, I don't know if you've seen the latest uh, season of uh, of American Horror Story. <laughs> No, I haven't. Not yet. But uh, is he in it? He's in it, and let me say, oh, no. he is one of the greatest, like, nosy neighbors ever. Um, with, with you know, he's more helpful than than none. Uh, and I think that uh, has a he's really he's really good in it. Also, I like Billy on the Street. His Billy on the Street stuff is is kind of funny. Also, having like the most like one of the most flamboyant. Uh, uh, guys interacting with Metallica during a carpool karaoke was also really, really fun. And he he had the balls to have uh, Metallica seeing uh, Rihanna uh, in carpool karaoke, like because you get like this reputation of Metallica, you know, metal and and all that stuff. And they're seeing uh, they're seeing diamonds. It's fun. Well, I mean, I saw that documentary. They're a bunch of very sensitive dudes, so I can see it. Um, but it's just—it's just funny. It's just—it's just really funny. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Seth Rogen—he was very Seth Rogen. E, you played. I it. will say though, um, and I think I—it I, was so rare that it, I was able to keep count. As far as the, the number of times, um, the three of us laughed. Peter laughed zero times. I think Kyle, you might have laughed. You might have. I don't think you laughed at all. Um, no, okay, I laughed, but in the wrong ways. Oh, you, you you were laughing at something, right? What, what? No, I was laughing throughout the whole beginning of Circle of Life. Oh, okay. You were oh, you were laughing. <laughs> I was um, the only thing that made me laugh. I think was uh, when when Pumba was like um, after Nala had tried to kill him. I was like, I thought I, you thought you were dead. I thought I was dead. That was about it. Oh, I also laughed at uh, at one line in particular that I was like, but it, it's like the way that Billy Eichner, uh, uh, like, uh, I, I guess, performed it uh, when he was like, uh, when Donald Glover was like, you know, oh, uh, you know, this is Nala. She's my friend. She's my best friend. And uh, she's like, wow, rude. Like something like that. And I found that really funny. But other than that, like. Oh, yeah. When he said like, oh, because he wasn't. her, Yeah. That was cute, I guess. Overall, shit film. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I don't think Alice Through the Looking Glass counts as a remake because it's a sequel to a remake. Yeah, it's a sequel to So I would consider Lion King the worst of them all as far as these live action remakes. If you go by that perimeters, then yes, it is the worst. Because what are the other... The worst I've experienced. What are the other ones yeah. we've got? We've got Alice in Wonderland. You've got Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book. Uh, what were the, the other ones? I'm forgetting. Uh, Cinderella? No. That's there. Dumbo, okay. Aladdin, which Dumbo. I haven't seen. Dumbo, Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. What do you guys think of the Maleficent trailer? I was that was the first time I saw that trailer and I was kind of blown away by the plot. <laughs> right? right. It was like 
are you serious? This is the movie? <laughs> it's a family dispute. She got all jelly. I guess your daughter's getting married. Um, the only good thing about that trailer is Angelina Jolie's costume. Uh, when she's fucking like fighting and shit. Yeah, like you saw that. It was a really good. It's, costume. honestly, guys, th- uh, it's Disney Plus material. I don't know why it's getting a release. I don't know either. It looks like it's actually doing something though. What do you mean doing something? I I but see I feel like we have such low like this the bar is so low and it keeps getting lower. Disney. I I I, I, I want to say Mulan. Well, look, we'll, we'll get to that right now. I think this is a new low. This movie for me is a new low for Disney. This was just bad, like plain bad. Mm-hmm. As far as Mulan though, I I have to say. I'm excited for that because it looks nothing like the rest of these live action remakes. It looks, it looks like its like own an old thing. Fashion Chinese war film. It looks like a a remake of the general story of Mulan, not the very specific scene by scene remake. And it's promising of the animated. And it's promising film. that you yeah, know there's I mean? no songs and there's no Mushu. Mm-hmm. Although you don't know. They could go back for remakes, could. and Reshoots. Disney will be Reshoots. like, add in the songs. Yeah. Which we knew, I think it's it's pretty clear to tell, based on how it ended up being in this movie, and it definitely pissed off Kyle, Be Prepared was not part of this, and then it was tacked on because people were bitching on Twitter. I guarantee you that's what happened. And you can definitely see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which... Uh... <sighs> I don't know. It, it, hey, I will admit you got, it's so weird. You got what you wanted, guys. There it is. I will admit it's so weird that they literally did every single other song, and then they were just going to leave that one out. I, I, it I was know. weird. I do. That is kind of weird. It's kind of random. But either way, uh, yeah. I I just I I that that kind of ruined my week when because I like because. Again, I am going to reiterate that I go into these movies uh, at least wanting some good covers of these songs from the from the originals. Um, and I heard the soundtrack as soon as it went up on Tuesday of that week. Uh, and I heard Be Prepared. And I was like, God, that was not a good way to wake up in the morning. I think I'm, you, I'm just... you you were more mad by the fact that of how it was arranged. I was just upset that Chiwetel can't sing. He can sing. I maybe it was uh, just a bad. Yeah, it's just he's no Jeremy Irons, and he doesn't have the Jeremy Irons flair. Well, Jim Jim Cummings did a little bit of that too. Yeah, but at the very end, though, when he said "respected, saluted, right. and seen for the wonders I am," that's the only part that Jim Cummings sang. Does Christopher Robin count as a remake? Because some people include. I don't think it, it's not a remake of a movie. A, I don't think it's a remake. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's live action Winnie the Pooh. But I, I'll tell you this: if for me, Christopher Robin is hands down the best translation from animation to live action that I've seen, especially among this crowd. I, legitimately, I think it's a good film. I love it. I think it's okay. as far as the translation. I tried watching it and I got bored and then I changed it. And I, never I really it, like so I Christopher know. Robin, too. So I know you bought it. Actually, no, it was a Christmas gift. Because you love it so mm. much. Because you love it. That's why. Um, but I really, yeah, I guess 
But for me, Christopher, well, you just said you loved it, and then now no, you're no, trying no, to no. deny Look, you love it. Look, it's great. I in this regard because I think it stays true for mm-hmm. what Winnie the Pooh is. Not not yeah. not mm-hmm. in always because there's there's some boring stuff with like the whole like whatever. But as far as the Winnie the Pooh stuff is concerned, it, it works, and it and they mm-hmm. they don't try to like be something else. As a lot of these live action, it, like it almost comes off. If you don't know anything about that, if you're looking at the movie in isolation in those trailers, it almost looks like what they did with the Smurfs and when they went into like the live action world with them being like animated 3D things. Also, and, it transitioned like all the signature songs really well. Like it didn't feel pandering at all. I mean, obviously, the only like big music number in the movie was was the Tigger song, but only then. Um, it's a cute then, film. Like, it's good. I like it. The theme was incorporated in the score, and then the and then one song was used, and but it was like more like an acapella kind of thing. I I'll tell you this: I'm glad I got that instead of a Tim Burton translation because that would have been god awful. Oh no, that would have been <laughs> horrid. Was he supposed Re- to remember direct? when we were doing those remake remedies? That was the rumor in town that Tim Burton was going to do a live action Wind of the Pooh film. You know, oh, that would have been it terrible. Was, he's always attached to these like rumors. He was rumored to do because Pinocchio he keeps for doing them. He he keeps doing. He did Wallace and Wonder. What <laughs> happened to Tim Burton? God damn. Uh, he's someone that just fell downhill, down a rabbit hole, and never came out. <laughs> or you could say keeps falling. Yeah, he's still falling. <laughs> I mean, I saw Big Eyes, and that was decent. But it wasn't it's nothing. To right and then he made Dumbo. Yeah. I got to say, my then, my favorite Tim Burton films are uh, Sweeney Todd and Big Fish. Yeah. But I honestly, at this point, he's it uh, It feels like everything's just a paycheck to him. Or, well, didn't he do Frank and Weenie? Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. one right there was really good. I, I like that. Frank and Weenie. That was maybe his last good film. Um. Yeah, I mean, do you remember that one that Kyle hated, Miss Peregrines, or whatever that movie? Was? Oh yeah, that looked um, like shit. That was like talk about uninspired. I I'm telling you, everything he does is for a paycheck nowadays, and it sucks. I mean, Big Eyes could have been really something. That could have been like the return to form of a uh, of a uh, mm-hmm. Tim Burton. I mean, and also the 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 talent that he got, you know, Christoph Waltz and Amy Adams. That could have been Well, Kyle, how was just... Dumbo? That was his recent film, right? What? Which one? How was how was Dumbo? That was his most recent film. Yeah. It was crap. <laughs> what, like, what are you what are you asking? Not enough Danny DeVito. Hmm. Apparently it was so bad the Fantasy Fair has yet to do a review on it. Oh my god, they didn't do full Dumbo coverage? situations occur. It must not be the happiest podcast podcast on earth. Podcast? Well, to be fair, Freakies? to be fair, they the Fantasy Fair is the most magical podcast, not the most not the happiest podcast. We're not that, that's for sure, but um I don't know who would be the most ha- the happy. The Fantasy Fair, the most magical podcast on earth. Yeah. Um anyway, uh, so final thoughts on Lion King, guys. Oh god. I hate it. My legitimate, okay. and I, honestly, I hate it even more so because that's the first movie this year I legitimately hate, <laughs> as far as I've seen in the theater. Yeah, I yeah, I hated it. Uh, I hated the film in of itself, and I hate what it represents. I and I hate that it made so much. And money. I hate the joy I that. Can't, it, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't wait until uh, Lindsay Ellis comes out with her video. 
I don't think she will. Are you sure? I mean, she, I hope she does. She could. Um, she she said uh, she made a tweet that said, you know, um, and I'm paraphrasing. She made a right tweet. Now. She said she tweeted. She tweeted. She okay. There. I'm I'm a middle aged woman. What do you, what do you um? Anyway, she when you write with a bird, it's called tweet. exactly. That's exactly. what I was referring to. Um, she tweeted that you know i honestly uh, i don't hate the the remakes if the disney are, is gonna be using uh their remakes as a cash cow so am i <laughs> referring to like making videos and i honestly i i, I respect that so uh yeah i hated it as well so again just to point out again the dominance of disney uh in the span of three weeks, or maybe these two weeks, we have Lion King opening to $185 million. At the same time, Avengers Endgame becomes the highest grossing movie of all time. And in two weeks' time, which again, not Disney, but Sony, but still, I count it as Disney. Spider-Man Homecoming, well, sorry, Spider-Man Far From Home, Freudian slip right there. Far From Home uh, will, be, will become uh, the first Spider-Man movie to, to gross a billion dollars. And we're only halfway through the year. Uh, Frozen Two is coming up, and so is The Rise of Skywalker. So, there we are. Those are another billion. Um. Anyway, this this 2019 was the year that it all came together. Disney established complete and utter dominance over the entire movie industry. And according to Grace Randolph, it's because nobody else is fighting back, which is so weird. <laughs> that's okay yeah well she's a character literally yeah um anyway so ladies and gentlemen well, this Kyle, has been one more time one, i got a question are you still gonna watch aside from mulan because we're all i think excited for mulan what about the other live action remakes like i don't know if i care about little mermaid honestly i love that's my favorite disney movie little mermaid but i don't know if i want to go mm-hmm. see the live action version I it's gonna be an ugly CGI filled mess. <laughs> and, and no, no, no. I, I I honestly don't care for it. Again, that's why I'm. E- it's much easier for me to go like, oh yeah, awesome representation. Because I kind like I don't know. I mean, well, I will say this: even if I did care about the film, I still wouldn't have an issue with uh, casting a black. Uh, oh yeah i actually think i think it's ridiculous yeah. have you but heard also, her pipes no like she's a fantastic singer. acting is a different story but mm-hmm. as far yeah. as singing but you know she's, you she's know got it down. okay but you know people's issues aren't like well can she sing you know it's not that it's the well she's but if that's one of the your right ca- color what if that's like one of your biggest like character traits uh, what? Uh, well, I, what Peter is trying to okay, say. Okay, no, my point yeah. is they don't care about the singing. I know in, you. In might, comparison but the to the that fact that people are her. freaking out the fact that she's black and not white, that's the the main point here, um, which is ridiculous. I want to. There was one lingering thought that I wanted to ask you. This was a while back when you mentioned Last Jedi, Peter. Do are you of the mind that the majority of people hate that movie? Because I think it's quite the opposite. I think people, as far as general audiences are concerned, it's a very popular movie the last jedi well it made over a billion dollars i would assume so (laughs) 
Um, the internet isn't real life, yeah. and it's hard to forget that sometimes. But I mean, anyway, uh, to answer your question, um, I'm not excited for uh, Little Mermaid, but I due to uh, the fantasy fair, Lin Manuel Miranda, I'm sure will uh, you know get people's attention there. Uh, I want to also uh, just plug in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Peter. I'm not sure if Kyle will be joining us. I think this week, Quentin Tarantino's film opens. Is it this I week? I think it's yeah. this week. Okay. If it is, then I think w- the next episode would be a review of uh, what was Once it called? A Time in Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, which looks really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, this has been Red Spot Entertainment. If you wanted to check us out, uh, quickly, Kyle, you, you want to tell me what number at, what number this is? I I I don't know. Um. I don't know if you prepared anything before or anything like that. It's 182. On the, it's 182. One, 182? Yeah. Okay. We got to plan something because we're like, so we're like 18, 18 episodes from another uh, yeah, milestone let's, in let's the podcast. Not. Let's just, okay. No, no, no. Okay. I guess it's always gonna... the same thing anyways. Let's, let's just, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll decide this... that. We'll decide that business as usual i guess um but anyway ladies and gentlemen uh, check us out everywhere uh you listen to podcasts uh, and that's uh sitter and uh spotify apple Wushka, music google spotify, play berniesanders.com google play music everywhere you listen to podcasts uh and also check out my stuff on the fantasy fair um and uh check us out on youtube and all that good shit so ladies and gentlemen uh that this has been red Swalla entertainment number 182 uh stand of the spotlight guys bye